GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. Hope everybody is having a great week. Something I really wanted to put on your radar. I don't know if you watched this, but it is... Uh, the House Judiciary Committee hearing on the Twitter files, and they were and they had Matt Taibbi on the in, in the hearing, and they were asking him questions. I don't know if it was asking questions more so, uh, more so grandstanding uh, political points of views. And I never really liked watching these House uh, committee hearings because I'm going to say just as a generalization, most of these Congress people that are in this congressional hearing are given a you know a little bit of time just five minutes or so to ask their questions, but they just use this time to basically grandstand and try to get these witty, sharp comments in there that are going to get clipped and uh, taken by some news source or media media source. And so they can get their name out there and have name recognition as like a gotcha moment or some kind of like hyperbole to the whole thing. And you don't really get to have a conversation around those. And I, I never really understood why the House decides to do that. You have <laughs> 20 people on this panel, and you're giving like five minutes each or something, and you just have these people just yelling at at, at these um, witnesses or these um, people that they're trying to ask questions of and make these these points. And I don't know. Anyway, it always rubs me the wrong way. But the one yesterday uh, with Matt Taibbi, you know, he is the journalist that, and not the so-called journalist as he was called, but he is the journalist that reported on the Twitter files. And it was quite phenomenal. So I really want to put that on your radar. And wherever, just go to YouTube, and wherever you feel comfortable watching it, if it's uh, CNN or Fox or Breaking Points or wherever, watch some of the highlights because it is quite phenomenal, the questioning and the positioning. And then I want you to ask a couple questions while you're watching this. And you hear the questions back and forth about, you know, about the Twitter files and the process is... What should a journalist be doing? Do you want a journalist, do you want a media source to be able to break news, give information to you, the citizen, the people, that wasn't previously known, to understand and have a conversation around your freedoms, your liberties, and show some transparency into practices so that everything is behind a curtain. And it looks as though that we are getting to a point that information, and I'm, not, I'm talking from both sides, the Democrats and the Republicans, but the information that they don't like starts to get out there. It starts to get shut down. And that is, honestly, a scary, slippery slope of infringement of freedom of speech, of protection of journalists, of critical thinking and thought. Anyway, I just want you to watch it because we do have these pressures going after information and conversation if it's banning books, if it's deleting tweets, if it's stopping journalists from reporting, if it's uh, not having certain conversations about certain topics, it is 
honestly becoming an epidemic of controlling this information. And maybe it's always been there, but I really hope that we break out of this cycle and encourage more creative thought, conversation, critical thinking, and debate. And that's enough for my rant this morning. Now, let's get into those crypto prices. The time is 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The markets are absolutely horrible this morning. <laughs> just, just destroyed. So uh, there's nothing positive that's going to come out of this report. Bitcoin sitting at $19,990, down around 8% in 24 hours or 11% in 7. Ethereum's at $1,409, down 8.5% in 24 or, again, about 11% in 7. Teller's number 3, USDC is number 4. And Binance is at 273, down 6% in 24. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Cardano, Maddox moved up to number 8. That's kind of like because everything else went down more than Maddox. Maddox is sitting at uh, $1.01. Actually, when I woke up this morning, it was 97 cents. I should have BTFD'd, but I still might. It's down 6.8%, or 13.3% in 7. Dogecoin's number 9, down 10%, and BUSD is number 10. The total market cap is well below $1 trillion. It's at $927.5 billion, down 7.4%. A BTC dominance of 41.5, and an F dominance of 18.5. And there's other movements that I really want to take a look at. As we all know, Silvergate Capital or Silvergate Bank is winding down their operations. They were a crypto-friendly bank. <laughs> their all-time high for their stock price was around 219. They're down 42% in 24 hours. They're winding down operations, so it doesn't matter. They're just done. However, Signature Bank, also crypto-friendly, is also down around 13%. Its all-time high was around $328. However, they're trading at around $82 pre-market. In some interesting developing news, uh, Silicon Valley Bank is down like 66% in 24 hours, which is, I think I just heard that they stopped trading because they're like, what the hell is going on? They're having a huge run on their stocks. They're wondering if they're going to have a run on their bank. Um, MicroStrategy, who also, as we know, invested into Bitcoin and holds a lot of Bitcoin, they're down around 10% overnight. Yet with all of these stocks and all this blood in the street, there's always one person that's going to come up in BTFD, Diamond Hands, Balls of Steel, Kathy Effin Wood of ARK Invest. <laughs> Overnight, she scooped up another $20.6 million in Coinbase stock, even though it's down 8% overnight. She said, I don't care. Take my money. <laughs> Y'all, this is not financial advice, but if you're going to be like anybody, be like Kathy Effin Wood, because man, she scoops up everything that you're, you're dropping. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
Moving into our headlines today. Biden, Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, the president of the United States. I should have put a junior at the end. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., the president of the United States, released his budget proposal yesterday. And he wants to tax crypto miners. And they could be subject up to 30% tax on their electricity costs. If this budget passes, and I'll go into that in a little bit. If this budget passes, they'll be phasing it in 10% per year. So the first year, 10% tax. Next year, 20% tax. Reaching the third year, then it'll go up to 30% tax. Let's be clear on this budget, though. This isn't going to go anywhere. It's not going to pass the House. This is a virtue signaling or policy signaling from the White House. Uh, There's nothing in this bill that, okay, there there could be things in this bill that's going to pass, but this is going to be totally reworked. It's basically the White House telling Congress, telling the American people, these are my priorities. This is how I think that we should uh, prioritize our budget. This is the things that I want to take care of. These are the priorities of mine, and this is what they're trying to signal. Uh, So this budget is not going to happen the way that it is written now. Some things could stay in there. We'll see if this crypto mining tax makes it through. Starbucks, we already know they've been in the NFT game. Well, now they're upping their game. And they're, and they're going to offer their first premium NFTs, or 2,000 of their premium NFTs, at $100 a pop. Each user may purchase up to two of the premium NFT stamps. And each comes with 1,500 bonus points that can be used to level up a user's Odyssey account to earn future rewards. Just want to highlight a word there, earn future rewards. Again, paraphrasing MKBHD, never buy tech on future promises. <laughs> either they, either you got it or you don't, uh, because companies can change their mind and they're not, they have no obligation to give you something that they promised in air quotes to you. So just talk to every person who drives a Tesla and bought it. FSD for five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars, and are waiting for their car to drive themselves so they can use it as a robo taxi. <laughs> yes, Elon took your money. Late last night, Hadera tweeted out: "Today, attackers exploited the smart contract service code of the Hadera mainnet to transfer Hadera token service tokens held by victims to accounts of their own. Basically, they have a smart contract exploit." The incident has potentially spoiled a major milestone, by the way, of the network. Hedera's mainnet surpassed 5 billion transactions. Hedera is told that the smart contract exploit has not impacted the network or its consensus layer. They are working on a patch, and they will let everyone know when it is completed. Voyager. We know Voyager as the publicly traded Canadian crypto earn lending service that went bankrupt and Binance.us is trying to buy all their assets. Well, Voyager has been selling their crypto assets. How much, you might ask? Well, around $358.5 million worth of assets. Selling their ERC-20 assets on Binance.us, Coinbase, and direct over-the-counter trades with market maker Wintermule. Just yesterday, they sold around $56 million worth of assets. They sold around $42 million in Ethereum, $6.3 million in VGX, Voyager tokens, which is absolutely weird, $4.4 $4.4 million in SHIB and a $1 million in LINK. Bitcoin order note inscriptions surged to a new single-day peak of around 31700 And that was as, as they wrote this article. What are they at now? Who knows? But they're surging. That's the whole news. They're surging. What they're doing is they're creating a, basically an a Ethereum kind or style ERC-20 token. 
and they're using this on the Bitcoin network called BRC20s. As you probably could expect, uh, these ordinals are irritating some Bitcoin maximalists, while others, Bitcoin maximalists, <laughs> are really bullish on the innovation, and they're excited that it's happening on Bitcoin, which a lot of people have always advocated for. It's like, why use anything else but Bitcoin? Bitcoin works. Let's put everything on Bitcoin, either on a layer one, layer two, or whatever. Use Bitcoin. So some people are going to get their way, and some people are going to be irritated. And finally, New York's Attorney General, Letitia James, says that Ethereum is a security. This is one of the first times that a regulator is claiming in court that Ethereum is a security. So what is happening is, is Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, uh, filed a lawsuit against cryptocurrency exchange KuCoin for allegedly violating securities and commodity laws in the state. And they're targeting KuCoin for allegedly falsely representing itself as an exchange when it really is a securities and commodities broker dealer. In this petition, it argues that ETH, just like Luna, UST, is a speculative asset that relies on the efforts of a third-party developer in order to provide profit for hodlers of ETH. Meaning, that is checking the boxes of the Howey test, making it a security. To be perfectly honest, because of the timing of this, it seems as though this is a this is political because remember, the CFTC and the SEC, if you remember yesterday's news, uh, they are debating, and the CFTC is saying, no, Ethereum's a commodity, which is now going to be under the CFTC. The SEC, and Gary Gensler, is saying that uh, everything besides Bitcoin is a security, therefore, they fall under the SEC. So you're having this basic, basically war <laughs> between two uh, government regulators. It looks as though the SEC reaching out to find political allies in this and now the Attorney General, Letitia James, is making that claim that Ethereum seems like a security. So is it a security? Is it not a security? I don't know if that's actually the real news. The real news, in my opinion, is that coalitions are starting to form. And is the CFTC reaching out to people to make their own coalition? It looks as though we're going to have to see which entity, which government regulator, amasses the most power. Thank you for listening to the final episode of GM Daily. GM will still be here in a different format. But as for the daily show that you have grown to listen to over the past three years, it is over. I want to say thank you to all of you for listening to the show over the past three years, for supporting me. You can find me now at Today in Web3 on YouTube and in podcasts. You can email me at Matthew at TodayInWeb3.com. And I look forward to building a new daily show in Web3 together. I also want to say thank you to everyone at Decrypt, especially uh, the CEO, Josh Quitner, who brought me on three years ago during the pandemic and allowed me to build this show. And to everybody moving forward, happy hodling. <laughs>